Welcome to the Small Business Reflections Podcast. My name is Travis Van Dusen. I'm here with my co-host, Brian Reef. How are you doing, Brian? I'm okay, man. It's a little bit late in the afternoon, so it looks like business is coming to a close, which is going to be nice, and so uh, everybody likes their free time, but life's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to, to launch out a new podcast here, uh, kind of focusing in on s- small businesses. This will be episode one. You know, uh, Brian, give us a little bit of a vision of what we're, where we're trying to go with this podcast. I think our goal is to simply reflect on kind of the last 11 or 12 years of experience uh, that we have to kind of help small businesses develop uh, or organize better or become more efficient or uh, just really focus in on kind of what are the, the most vital pieces to finding that success in the small business space. Especially here, we find ourselves in 2023 that um, small business owners, it's a challenge uh, because of attraction or recruiting or uh, growing the business or finances or navigating red tape and bureaucracy. The list just goes on and on. And so our goal is really to just help the small business owner. And what we think about uh, small businesses are either it's just a a one-man or one-woman shop uh, all the way up to 50-plus employees. But really that space of just kind of maybe someone just starting out, thinking about starting a business, or someone who's got it kind of stagnant and wanting to take it to the next level, or just generally wants some, some good advice or kind of reflections on what's worked well and, and what has, has not worked well over the years. But I think that's our overall goal, Travis. Yeah, so today we're really going to lean in on uh, employee benefits, and really we're going to focus on what does that look like from a small, uh, small, small business perspective. But before we do that, just really want to build out a little bit of an understanding of where you come from, Brian. Brian, you you come from the insurance world, and now really have kind of uh, more. This has morphed into more of a small business advisor. So, Brian, uh, tell us a little bit about how did you get to where you are now. Yeah, I think one of the things that are important for for people to understand, and and quite honestly, we were talking about this earlier, Travis, it's important for my son because he's he's 10 years old. He he sees the father, the the man now, but he he doesn't see kind of this evolution as I've grown and matured and changed, um, had some good experiences, some bad experiences, and, and how I've got to this place. So I think as business owners, we kind of look out across the landscape and we see folks that are successful and we think it's just, they've always been that way, but that's not the case. There's been a struggle or strife or problems or issues and triumphs and valleys and mountaintops uh, across the kind of gamut of the, the course of a business. So how I specifically got here to this room, I think I got to back up just a little bit. I won't bore you with the details. I'll, I'll only give you the good ones. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I'll just give you the good ones. But uh, I'm going to go all the way back to high school. I think uh, when I was younger, I always wanted to be a business owner. I saw several uh, folks in my life that had small businesses and, and how they kind of ran their businesses. And I thought, well, that's something I certainly would want to do. And um, I knew that managing people or staff or employees would would not be easy, but I felt that, uh, you know, I guess a a little bit egotistical that I would be a good manager. 
boy, I had a lot to learn, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but when I was graduating high school, um, I graduated not at the bottom of my class, but I think I was maybe fifth from the bottom, uh, which is interesting because Melanie was second from the top. <laughs> Melanie's my wife, and uh, uh, so I definitely married up on that one. But I'm graduating from high school with such a low GPA, uh, a 1.3 to be exact, um, and I guess insert chuckle there, but uh, it was so low that I just I really didn't have a path forward from that point forward. And so I, I did what uh, all my family members did prior to that, um, you know, kind of the same process. We were, uh, we were poor. Uh, we were very inward focused. And so I did what anybody that had no money and kind of no goals and no next step, I, I went into a factory. Now, I have nothing against factory workers. I, I was one for a good many years. Um, but that was that was really the only place that I could go at that point in time. I ran into a person there that encouraged me to kind of take another step uh, to go into the military. And so uh, shortly thereafter, I, I left that second shift job and uh, went into the Marine Corps and became a Marine. Um, and so I, I did that for four years, served my country, and um, which was the experience that I needed to kind of get me uh, to the right motivation place, to get me to the right um, kind of path of, of actually being able to accomplish something. I left the Marine Corps and became a detention center officer, which is a, a fancy way of saying jailer, uh, for pretrial detainees. And I did that for about three years. And I just thought, well, that's just kind of the next step. I do that, and uh, maybe this is kind of my, my lot in life. This is where I'm, I'm going to stay. And through a series of kind of things that took place and uh, kind of pushed me in the direction to, to leave that job. And uh, I decided that I was going to go to college. Uh, nobody in my family had graduated from college before. And so I decided that I was going to go to college. And of course, with a 1.3 GPA, Travis, you, you can't just walk into college. You got to go <laughs> repair mm -hmm. your 1.3 GPA. And so I started at community college uh, here in our area, Wake Tech, and then eventually uh, went to NC State and graduated there with um, a political science degree as well as a teaching license, and I became a social studies teacher at a local high school. And I did that for about five years, and um, I kind of realized that uh, teaching is, is difficult, but um, it was a necessary step for me to grow and to learn and, and kind of understand, which... I think it's fascinating because one of the things I taught was kind of business and economics. And mm. so it really helped me understand kind of businesses, uh, how to operate things, the market and all that good stuff. Um, and then I kind of, I left that behind and I became uh, an insurance advisor. Um, I sold uh, individual health insurance uh, for a firm just for a few months and then decided if I was going to be broke, then I might as well be on my own two feet and start my own company because somehow that was going to be better and easier. <laughs> and I was, that was going to make a million dollars. It was going to be great. Uh, so I became an insurance advisor selling um, individual health insurance for a good year. The Affordable Care Act had just started, uh, and I was journeying down that road. And then I realized that um, small businesses represented a uh, kind of different aspect uh, that needed help, that needed guidance. And so I became an insurance advisor for small businesses. 
And then today, um, we're branching even further out uh, beyond just insurance uh, for small businesses, but um, I consider myself a small business advisor. And that kind of brought me to the room today um, as a small business advisor in, in this goal of the podcast of, of helping and reflecting on those learned lessons to help others. That's exciting. It's really exciting that as we kind of move into this new this new phase with, with Upstream and and seeing what the future holds and being able to help out small businesses grow and, and really put them in the best position for success and uh, all the different aspects of, of their business. So as we said, though, today we really want to focus in on employee benefits. And, and really, you know, employee benefits is a, I would say, is a stressor for a lot of new companies, a lot of companies in their early stages so the, really the first question I, I want to ask is, you know, when should entrepreneurs start seriously considering adding benefits? And, you know, further than that, what, what should we be looking for as, the, as indicators or milestones to kind of know it's time to add those things? Well, I think it's important to point out that employee benefits uh, could be anywhere from health insurance to dental, to vision, to life, disability, but it also could be, um, some other things that people traditionally don't think about as far as benefits uh, in leadership development or coaching or uh, training your man- managers up, you know, when, when an employee steps from kind of that uh, maybe lower tier position to a manager position, helping them transition and, and really understand building your company culture. So all of those are benefits and uh, we lose quickly, uh, we lose sight quickly of what benefits are uh, and we kind of just focus on the aspect of cost and and kind of trudge through it because we have to do it. But a benefit is a benefit. It's something that you put in place to benefit your employees, uh, to benefit your staff. Maybe if it's just you by yourself, uh, you're putting it in to benefit yourself, whether it's health insurance, so you can um, you know, take care of yourself from that perspective. So benefits have a wide range. And really the short answer to that question is of, of, of when um, is – really when you need it Uh, and when you need it uh, can be defined by do I need to attract employees especially in today's market Uh, you want to attract qualified employees to be able to help your business grow and move further down the road Uh, and having benefits in place like health insurance helps do that Uh, or perhaps you now have employees and you need to retain those employees and having those benefits in place help uh, keep them in the business and, and keep them moving forward and motivated. Um, it's really hard to have a business if you don't have employees. And mm-hmm. so attraction and retention is really the number one reason uh, why you would put benefits in place. Uh, but kind of knowing when to put that in place is looking at what are your needs as the business owner, if it's just you, or looking at what are the needs of the employees and what are they saying to you. If you're trying to hire someone and they're asking you about health insurance and you don't have health insurance, then you probably should put health insurance in place. Mm-hmm. Instead, if they're asking you about 401k or retirement plans, then you probably should put something like that in place. Um, you don't have to, but if that's the needs of the people you're trying to attract or the needs of the people you're trying to retain, then you should probably put those things in. Um, and it's it's vital, to, especially in 2023, it's super duper vital. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, one of the things I think that uh, a lot of small businesses struggle with 
from, from my perspective is really understanding um, what, what benefits there are out there and, and what, what is actually available. Uh, for example, you know, a, a lot of people will automatically assume that you, you need to jump to the, big, the best, best of the best immediately or that health insurance is, is an immediate, the first thing you need to jump into. You know, there's a wide range of benefits that can be offered. I mean, like I said, health insurance, retirement plans. How can a small business owner determine the benefits that are most appropriate for their workforce? Yeah, it goes back to what I said. You know, you, you really want to know what they want. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they determine exactly what benefits you put in place because there's other aspects, budget, uh, what you can afford, uh, you know, what, what's happening in your industry around you, uh, so on and so forth. But uh, realistically, knowing what they want, uh, what's going to attract and what's going to retain folks is what you're putting in place. And you don't have to start with uh, what we traditionally think of as the most expensive benefit, which tends to be health insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's the one that everyone, it's tip of mind or top of mind, and uh, it's what everybody's thinking about. It's what everybody wants. Health insurance is extremely expensive. It doesn't matter whether you're a business of one or you're a business of hundreds of thousands of employees. Health insurance for business is expensive. Mm-hmm. It's expensive for both sides. Uh, but uh, there's good reason for that. Uh, you know, the, the medicine, the health care uh, that we have is is the best in the world. So there's there's reasons that drive that cost. That's a whole nother podcast. But mm-hmm. um, so you don't have to start with health insurance. You could start with something a little bit less expensive, like dental or vision, uh, disability, uh, short term, long term, things like that, or even perhaps look at retirement. Um, in the grand scheme of things, surveys tell us a lot of information. Um, and healthcare is going to be the number one sought after benefit. Uh, it's going to be the one that's going to be a game changer uh, for your business. It's going to be the one that employees ask for uh, almost immediately. Do you have health insurance? What is that health insurance policy? What does it cover? What do you pay for? So that's certainly it. You don't have to start there. Uh, if you're asking your people and, and they're saying, hey, well, I go to the marketplace, the health insurance marketplace, and procure uh, health insurance, and I'm heavily subsidized or I receive a tax credit there. Uh, I'm taken care of. But yeah. what I really would like is dental insurance. And so, well, you put a dental insurance policy in place. And as the needs grow and the needs change for your people because it's a benefit for them, then you grow and change based on what they're asking for. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is that you need to you need to be really in tune to what your people need or people want more than just to making assumptions on on what you believe is best for best for them. I mean, a lot of that can factor into maybe what the, their their salary ranges are, um, you know, what you know, where they're at as far as in their careers. Um, if, if you're I mean, if you're. If your work group is fairly young, their priorities are going to look very different than a group of a, a group of people who um, have families. So, what are some of those questions you'd be asking your people? I mean, is there is there anything specific that you'd say? You know what? That's a, you should just lean in and ask ask these questions to your people. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, if you're definitely in the interview process, um, y- you should probably ask you know folks that you're trying to bring on board. What do you need? What is most important to you from a benefit perspective, right? What, what are things that we can do at our company 
that, that is going to benefit you. Um, and you're also looking at your demographics. Like you mentioned, if, if you're a dentist's office and you primarily have um, females in your office and they're young, uh, so now they're in their kind of childbearing years, uh, so maybe a short-term disability policy would be something important to put in. Uh, short-term disability, the number one claim is pregnancy, having mm -hmm. a child, uh, because having a child is extremely expensive um, from a healthcare point of view. So knowing the demographics of your people, where they're at, what they're looking for. Uh, so asking those questions of, of what do you need, what's most important to you, also looking at uh, what makes up your workforce. Uh, or the opposite of that, so let's say you're a construction um, you know, person, you, your workforce is primarily male. Uh, now, construction could go either way, right? So you could be um, have a much older workforce. We tend to see uh, some of the subcontractors and, and construction folks are kind of aging up or aging yeah. out, so to speak. Uh, but you also have younger males coming in. Uh, we're both male, and so we certainly have shared this perspective uh, in our younger years, but males tend to think that they're bulletproof and nothing bad can happen to them, so insurance may not be a priority for them. Um, now, there's something to be said as a business owner of, of helping them make it a priority uh, and then maybe asking questions around, um, okay, if that's not a priority for you, what is a priority? Or why do you not see it as a priority and really, you want to ask questions that kind of drive the fact that, hey, I'm a business owner. I want to put things in place that are beneficial to you. And what are those things? Mm -hmm. And understanding what the demographics look like, um, because your people are your most valuable asset. You're not bringing anything to the market for a product or a service if you don't have people. And you have to take care of them. And taking care of them uh, makes them loyal, makes them loving to what you're doing. It grows a wonderful company culture. And so you want to lay all that out and help these people, uh, your your people, understand just that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, before before we wrap up, I would I would be remiss to not ask these, this question. You know, compliance with federal and state regulations is a major concern with small businesses. What legal aspects should entrepreneurs be aware of when it comes to implementing and how can they navigate these the kind of these very complex things? Yeah, so that's that's always a tough one because there's so much bureaucracy and red tape. Um, healthcare made some huge changes uh, 10 or 11 years ago when the Affordable Care Act came out. Um, healthcare went from... Um, the space of you don't have to offer it to now you have to offer it mm -hmm. if you're 50 plus employees as a business. Uh, of course, if you're below 50 employees, you're not required to offer health insurance uh, or, or any benefits. Uh, you'd almost be a little bit on the crazy side to not, especially in today's market um, for sure. But if you're a small business, realistically, you, you don't have to offer benefits or health insurance. But once you do, then now there's compliance that's layered on top of that. Um, so if I choose to offer it, which is voluntary for below 50, now you have things like uh, how to offer it and how to pay for it and um, how to contribute towards it and what, what percentage of amount 
do employees contribute? So there's compliance around those pieces, um, you know, open enrollment and the window. Uh, someone has a qualifying life event, something changes, they have a baby, they move from one zip code to the next, um, they get a window to change or update their benefits. So there's tons and tons of compliance around uh, offering just something like health insurance in general. Uh, some of that compliance overlaps in the other benefits areas. Retirement has a whole nother set of rules itself. Um, but there, there's significant amount of compliance. COBRA uh, versus uh, North Carolina State Continuation because we're in North Carolina. Uh, so if, an, if a company has fewer than 20 employees, they're required to offer a state continuation of uh, certain benefits uh, very similar to COBRA, but COBRA is designed for 20-plus employee employers. Uh, so tons and tons of compliance, and that's really what we try to make very simple here at Upstream is we're going we're gonna to not become the person responsible for your compliance. We're the person that helps you navigate through that compliance, keeps you compliant, um, you know, because we take on businesses all the time who are doing things that aren't compliant. And uh, yeah, maybe the, the IRS and all these other government organizations are not going to kick down your door, uh, but um, you could get into some serious financial trouble, mm -hmm. uh, especially if um, you know, you're skirting some issues. And um, you know, one of the things that really are common are uh, employers love to do different benefits or apply different contribution levels to their managers versus their, you know, busboys, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so they're always asking, can I, can I pay for a hundred percent of this group and maybe 50% of this group? And we tell them kind of a common uh, phrase is what you do for one, you should do for all. And that keeps you out of that kind of discrimination space. Uh, but we also try to educate them that maybe, maybe uh, it's not necessarily a compliance issue, but it's not a best practice Right, and so you want the best practice of of equality when it comes to benefits, uh, so everyone can get to that place. Now, there's differences in full time and part time. You know, part time people are generally not eligible for benefits. Uh, full time people are. Full time position is uh, defined as thirty hours on average or more. Um, but um, you know, that's something for part time people to strive for. Hey, if I become full time and I work hard, then I can uh, receive benefits. So there are tons and tons of compliance. It's a pretty complex landscape. And then what lays on top of that complexity is just general disdain for health insurance, uh, paperwork. Um, employees and employers despise health insurance uh, for, for some reason. <laughs> and so because that, they avoid it. Um, they are typically undereducated. And so not only are we doing compliance, audits and handling those issues, but we're also trying to help them navigate that whole world of employee benefits and best practices. So it's quite a bit. Um, and, you know, uh, 12, almost 12 years in this business, um, I'm still learning every day for sure. Yeah. A lot of good information there. And this is the kind of stuff we want to bring to you on the uh, Small Business Reflections podcast. You know, this is just our, just our starting point, right? I mean, we've got a lot of, a lot of ways to go from here. Um, so 
our goal here is to be be able to be able to meet you with uh, content that you'll be able to use in your business on on a daily basis. Twice a month is going to be our goal of putting out content for now. Um, so we're looking forward to connecting with you, Brian. Any final thoughts before we uh, we end the podcast today? Yeah, yeah. So if this is this is definitely episode one. Give us a chance. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> give <laughs> us gonna, a chance. Working progress. Know. Yeah, yeah. I think we know what we're talking about, but trying to deliver it in an engaging way is always a challenge. And so we appreciate you. Uh, we are deeply appreciative of our clients. Uh, without our clients, there is no upstream. And so we're very thankful uh, from that perspective. And so we just want to share uh, the wisdom that we've been given. We don't know everything. Yeah, um, and that's sure. what this whole journey is about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us today on the podcast, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Be well.